We are back. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Welcome to the national edition of Real Kipper and Bourne. We are live on Sportsnet. Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. We just had Mike Richter on in our first hour. We're yes. going to welcome in soon Craig Berube, Stanley Cup champion. Mike Richter, Stanley Cup champion. Craig Berube, Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. It's been a good... I would Good day say so far. Maybe the most different NHLers you could get. One guy is a goalie, um, and the other guy had one billion penalty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get some different perspectives out of these guys today. So great. as I just told you just before we went to break, teammate of Mike Richter and also a teammate of Craig Berube because we kind of broke in same time, same era. Did you have to go head to head with Berube and practice? No. I was always that like middleweight yeah and i just middleweights didn't mess with heavyweights you just you didn't go there unless you had to go there but like i i wouldn't even have thought for a minute that i ever needed to battle him in any training camp does the middleweight class still exist in fighting in the nhl uh, does Danny the Gord heavyweight fights. Yeah, the heavyweight. We how many guys do we have in a heavyweight? It's Arbor Jacki and Ryan Reeves and uh, Delorean and Wilson. And Wilson. What's the guy on uh, the Sens? McEwen. Yeah. McEwen. Uh, Marcus Foligno. McDermott. Yeah. You know, so there's handful. There might be ten guys. Yeah. But the next guy, you know, the the hundred everybody else guy who fights the, the rest of the league are middleweights. Yeah, no, <laughs> like none of them are like a consistent fighter. I, I don't think you know, Yanni Gord's the only guy I can think of who's. Five ten fights all the time. Well, not all the time. A couple times a year. Yeah, those days, pretty much gone. Yeah, I like Andy Gord a lot. I'm Good player. Just a huge fan. Like, it sounds like Ryan Reeves is probably clear to play. It uh, does. Well, getting he's there. skating. I, yeah, the last I heard, he's he talked about it at the start of the trip. He's like, "Yeah, I'll play. I'm ready to play." All right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But I mean, I didn't really think it was necessarily newsworthy. It's a weird spot. Weird spot well, right now. We're, we're not talking specifically newsworthy about him yeah. coming back, but just in general on, on, on the state of needing that anymore or when you need it or when you feel like it's just, it seems those days are gone. Well, you just need to be able to play. Like Marcus Foligno has so much value because he plays all the time, and so does Tom Wilson. He plays all the time. These guys we're talking about mostly contribute. You know, outside of once in a while fighting. Yeah. And Reeves has done that for a lot of years in his career. You know, hasn't happened well, yet this Tom, year. But. Tom Wilson's, like, turned himself into a core guy, a nucleus yeah, he's guy. on NHL All-Star team. He's... Right? Mm-hmm. And still have that presence. Yeah. Yeah, so you need to be able to, these days, to, to contribute in other ways as well. well maybe, the, maybe Bobby McMahon has turned into that. He got into a big fight last night. How do you think he handled himself? Um, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a strong guy. He's one yeah. of those like crazy fitness. I think you need to, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would ever, I, if, if I was a player today, like the last thing I would want to do is just open it up. Like I was an idiot probably no, for a good portion of my career where I was like, yeah, let's just try to exchange a couple here. Like PJ Stocks fights. You ever watch oh. those fights? But He's yeah. like, let's punch each other in each other's mouth 11 times each. We'll see never happens. see that ever again. He's keeping them pretty 
Good, to the vest. good, yeah. yeah he he was, skips point, yeah. yeah. yeah Keep good. him in. Yeah. Hit the ice. Yeah. You guys way too young for Stan Jonathan and yes. Bouchard? Yes, that's. I am. I've but seen, that's, I've seen some You've highlights. seen it, have yeah. you yes. not? Yeah. yeah. It's well, crazy. I mean, Joey Koser used to throw a, a fairly fast punch. <laughs> you know, get off 300 punches in nine seconds. We had a, a guy when I worked at the score, Scott Lewis, shout out to him, who mm. did a court, a punch coursey. He actually like took the time to count punch attempts thrown in fights. And Joey Koser was just an insane over the top. Wow, you guys were looking guy. for stuff, eh? Pal, what, what a good time we had. Oh, you were looking for stuff. That's a great article. I'd read that. Yeah. Let's still up somewhere. I'll see if I can. Yeah, it. love it. While we're sitting on uh, Craig Bruby uh, momentarily in the, in the meantime, uh, you know, I wrote real early this season in an article I did for the Toronto Star that I didn't anticipate any coaching changes at all. Yeah. And I'm like looking like the biggest doofus ever. There are five? Four or five. Four or five. Somewhere in that Including range. Including Babs. Yeah. Yeah, okay, if you want to include Babs. Well, yeah, but, you wrote that after that, I guess. So. But, like, it just seemed like there's so many at the start of the season that well, you, you just... you never would have seen Jay Woodcroft going, right? Never. I mean... and But no one can trade. Never. I mean, you've made this point before, no one can make a trade. So everyone's just like, well... What do we do? We can't... Dollar for dollar, we can't do this, we can't and do that. There's I, one thing the we do, do. And also, the Sens made a coaching change, yeah. but then they didn't hire anyone. Yeah. Yet. But then, you know, I, I didn't envision Craig Berube getting no uh, relieved of his duties in St. Louis. And it's not like we sat here and said, St. Louis is going to be challenging for a Stanley Cup this year. No. That was not expectations. But it was... When, when you listen to Doug Armstrong's comments, it was that there are games that they played regardless of the score he didn't particularly like, which made it interesting because some teams, it's like every time you found a way to win when you probably didn't deserve it, it was like, well, we showed a lot of character tonight. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it is sometimes, you know, to Sam's point, there's just only so many things you can do and... Yeah, are we, uh, do we have him? Is that uh, we're just setting him up. Okay. All right, beautiful. we're just setting up uh, Craig Bruby. All right, let's welcome him in. There we go. Former NHLer, Stanley Cup winning head coach, former teammate of mine. Craig, how are you, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, good, guys. How are you? We're good. So, thanks for having me on. Oh, no, thanks for having, uh, for, for making time for us. So where are you? What, Give us a rundown of what the heck you've been up to in the last little while. And, you know, yeah. I mean, are, are we talking to a few teams here and there? Um, no, I'm just back in the Philly area, to be honest with you, with my family, you know, kids and stuff. Like, um, they don't come to St. Louis. They just come and visit whenever. So I've been back here for probably, you know, a week, two weeks now at least. And, just kind of spending time at home with the family and uh, running kids around everywhere. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah That's I can relate. It. Yeah, it's not too shabby. You know? it must be nice in season I'm to back, have a minute. I'm to back s- working. You probably feel well rested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's that's really about it right now. You know, not not much going on. You know, we we've been talking about um, coaching here. You know, we we cover the Toronto Maple Leafs fairly closely, and and the challenges of coaching today, and you know the evolution of the job. And I just wanted to get your input on that, on what coaching, you know, in in twenty twenty three twenty four 
is like compared to maybe what it looked like 5, 10, 15 years ago, what that evolution has has been? Well, I think um, the league and the way it's set up now with the salary cap is very competitive. We got, you guys all know that. Um, there's not there's not an easy game. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure to uh, perform and be consistent and, and obviously make playoffs and, and try to do well in playoffs. I think the coaching for me, that, that's what it's all about. I really do believe that. Now there's a few teams that are in uh, – you know, rebuilds are very young teams that are just trying to improve and, and get to a certain level. But most teams are, they're fighting to get to the playoffs and, and perform in the playoffs. Craig, when we look at coaches today and, and there's so much pressure on everybody, every player, the star players, but but coaches as well. It seemed like at times if, if, if a coach wasn't comfortable with his roster, a general manager can go out there and, and make changes, you know, for him as small as sometimes it can appear publicly. It can make a big difference, whether it's a, a role player or, or, or somewhere in between a star. But it just seems like with so many teams and that inability to make moves, it just does it amplify? amplify the pressure on coaches does that put the scrutiny that much more on a coach to 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 have to deliver and does that make it kind of a a scenario where some guys maybe would have lasted longer and not been fired over maybe a gm making a few changes for him yeah for sure well again with the cap the salary cap and everybody's pretty tight to it or over it or, or wherever they're at i mean it's hard to make trades and I think that you coach what, you know, you're coaching the team you have. And you're going into that season, basically, you're coaching the team you have. And, um, you know, like I said, you're, you're again, you're, you're, you're fighting to get into the playoffs and, and perform in the playoffs. So I, I do believe that with the moves. And now there is moves made at trade deadline and things like that that help improve your roster or, or make you a, a stronger team. But you got to get to that. You got to get to, you got to get there and you got to make sure you're in that, you're in that, you know, um, spot where you're going to make playoffs or you're very close. So, you know, once you get to those posts, to the postseason, obviously anything can happen. You guys uh, proved that with St. Louis and your Stanley cup win, which was uh, pretty fantastic. So I'm curious about shaping the coaching you do in season to prepare yourself for that here in Toronto, uh, the, you know, Sheldon Keefe just benched David camp for sat him for a night and said, you know, this is about accountability. Uh, what are your thoughts on different rules for different players? You know, the, the leash you give a superstar today, is it different than, you know, your lower line guys, or do you believe that sort of the same rules apply across your roster? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you got to look at the Every situation is different. Yeah. And I think you got to look at, you know, your best player, you know, he's, it's different on every team. I can't answer that question. I don't, you know, you got to have a good feel for your team and, and your, your players and what's going on with your players. And, um, you know, there's times you're going to bench your best player. Um, I don't think sitting them, scratching them out of, uh, out of a game is probably a, a good thing to do. Uh, I don't believe that, but there is times that you sit them for a bit during a game, uh, if they're not performing at the, the the level they need to be performing, or if they're not playing a, a team game that you want, then you do have to send a message. I don't care what player it is. Um, 
But again, that it, every coach is different, and every every team's different. Uh, I, I know you've spoken this publicly about the 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 Cairo situation at the end. Did that kind of get blown out of proportion in terms of some thought that there was a ton of friction between the two of you? Yeah, for sure. L- listen, I I really like Jordan. Um, you know what I did was just try to help him the best I can. There was tough love. There was all kinds of situations where we talked and communicated and there was times I left them alone and just, you know, let them play. Um, but I don't believe there was a lot of friction to be honest with you. I've, him and I got along pretty well, I thought. And, um, you know, he just got caught off guard with the question and then it kind of got blown up out of proportion. Like you said, you know, listen, I just want my my whole thought process was just to make him a better player and a and a better team player for us. Can, can I just follow yeah, it up yeah. with one more? Yeah. So so Craig, in a nutshell, like I mean, we 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 kind of came up in the same era. We played, we competed against each other. How much harder is it for any coach today to hold a player accountable than it was twenty years ago? Well, I think it's harder for sure. I mean, with money and situation and again salary cap there's a lot that goes into it you know you you know you're just not going to trade a great a, a good player away like that i mean obviously there's players that get moved more likely in the summertime if they want to make a cultural change then they will they'll move that player but when you and i played it was pretty black and white and how you had to perform if you wanted to stay in the lineup and, and, you know, stay on that team. I think in today's game, there's a lot more communication that has to go into a coach and a player. You got to really communicate with them and your general manager and, you know, really discuss situations and discuss players. Um, you know, is it difficult? Yeah. It's, coaching's hard. It's not easy, but, at the same time, I missed it already. Like, <laughs> do I want to be back in there in a fight and a grind? Yeah, for sure. That's that's what I like to do. So, I mean, but it is hard at times. You know, that's just part of it. Well, it is. It's interesting to me. You know, we talk about coaching today, and uh, players maybe are more sensitive, or they want to know why more. You know, you kept you used to talk about how you were just told, you know, sit in the edge of the edge of the bench, or not even told, just you didn't get thrown over the boards. Now players want explanations for things. But I also see a guy like Torts going to Philly, and, you know, I think he's a bit of an old-school coach, and they have success. And I see Tockett go into Vancouver, and he's an honest, straightforward guy with players, I think, and they have a lot of success. You know, what is it about these, like, more hardline, honest coaches that are having success in today's league? Well, you call them old-school coaches, but they've, you know, they've learned over years of, uh, coaching and gotten, you know, different ideas and different ways of approaching players. And, yeah. You know, I can guarantee it, you know, Torch is doing things differently than he did back when he coached Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty pretty good friends with Torch, and he's done a hell of a job there in Philly. They got a hardworking team that they play a team game. Not They don't really have superstars in their team. They, they outwork their opponent, and they they try to wear them down and they win hockey games that way. And it's pretty successful, but I can guarantee you that Torts and Rick talk to communicate with their players on a daily basis about, you know, what, what they need to do better. And, um, 
you know, what's going on with them and their lives. And, 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 but it's, it can be still, it can still be black and white and it should be. It's just, it's honesty, right? Just be honest with your player. That's, that's how I've approached my coaching is I'm just honest with my players. And sometimes they like it. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes you have fights with them and sometimes guys just accept it. And it's, it's all kinds of things, but again, it's okay. It's all part of the job. And you don't, when they leave the room, and, you know, it's not like I take it personally. I don't anyhow. Maybe they do a little bit at times, but they shouldn't. It's it's all constructive criticism. That's, you, you want the player to be better. You want them to perform better. And, you know, it's all about the team. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, what's best for the team? Uh, that's the approach that you need to take, in my opinion. Because what's best for the team, you're going to have success, right? And that's what you want. That's what everybody wants. So, it's all about what's best for the team. Talking to Craig Ruby, former NHLer, Stanley Cup champion, head coach with the St. Louis Blues. And that really hasn't changed over the years. I think in any era, you can sit there and say from Scotty Bowman to Mike Keenan and all these guys, they just wanted to do what's best for the team. But And, and they were they were honest with us, but at times... Brutally honest. <laughs> and I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. I think they'll... you got to listen, you, you... Craig. They were like, at no time did I think that they were thinking about me or my teammates and uh, the state of our mental health, though. Today, that's realistic for you and, and your coaches today. And well, you know, how is that playing in every time you want to address a player? Is that one of the first things on your mind? Is how is he going to react? Or do you just tell him the way it is? Well, I think there's situations during a game where you're not thinking that for sure because you're reacting and you're probably, you know, upset about something or upset about the game. You're up, you know, as a coach, you, you know, you get fired up. I know I do anyhow. And you, you probably you know, say things and not thinking about what the player is going to feel like or what he, what he's going to think. But, you know, you know, it's the next day when you go to talk to the player and you bring him in your office, you gotta, you gotta talk to him, I think in the right way and know what's going to make him, you know, feel better about things or what's going to help him. So, but, you know, obviously the emotions get part of you during a game and, and in between periods at times, and, you know, you got, you do what you got to do and, Listen, uh, the, the players are professionals. they got to get through it, and they got to get over it. Craig, we've been talking a lot about goaltending today. The, the Leafs have Ilya Samsonov and the Miners. They have, uh, you know, a, a totally different, I guess, duo right now than they started the year with. I mean, how, how difficult is managing them? Like, the, the goaltending position is so technically outside the realm of most of our understanding, I, I think, as guys who skated – did you rely a lot on your goaltending coach to say, here's who should start, here's what we should do with this guy, here's the rest he needs? Well, it's, he's a big part of it for sure. I think all your coaches are part of, you know, things. As Me as a head coach, I communicate with my coaches, uh, you know, daily and about a lot of things. And goalie coaches, yes. The goalie coach and, and the head coach should discuss, um, you know, a little bit of a calendar going forward with the goalies and how you're going to use them. And it changes a little bit, obviously at times, but yeah, there's a lot of discussion with the goalie coach for sure. And what's going on with the goalies and where they're at mentally. Your goalie coach basically has that job of looking after his goalies and making sure they're prepared. And um, He's going to give you a lot of information because I can guarantee you the goalies are 
you know, openly talking to the goalie coach on a daily basis of what's going on, where they're fe- how they're feeling, and what they're thinking. Hey, Craig, there's no, there's no doubt about it. The game's cleaned up so much. Uh, again, uh, 20 years ago, there were two Craig Berubies on every team. But there's still some incidences out there that you watch. Uh, Nick Cousins, for me, comes to mind. <laughs> the last little while, yeah. ticking off a few people. Ryan Hartman's out there causing havoc. I mean, were there times in the last few years you wish you had a Craig Berube on, on your bench in front of you to send out? Well, I mean... I would never, I don't, I would never send a player out, but I, I would want a player on my team. And we had, you know, a guy like Braden Shen and different guys, Robert Bertuzzo. We had, we had um, Patty Maroon back in the day. I didn't have to say a word to those guys. They knew exactly what had to be done and they went and did it. How did you amass 325 Pims and Hershey? Just, I mean, how does that? A lot of fights. <laughs> yeah, one had assumed. I got. Well, I mean, that was my first year in a league, and yeah, you know, I was really trying to, you know, I guess um, make a name for not make a name for myself, but just I. This is what I had to do to to play and and uh, move myself up to the NHL. So you know, it was it was a hard year for sure, but uh, it was worth it because. I think, you know, it was a big part of me getting to the next step and get to the NHL that I could do the job. Um, But um, I'll tell you one thing. I don't, I don't miss those days. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Craig, I got to give a shout out to Bill McCreary, a former NHL referee, because there was one night at Madison Square Garden where I did something that piss you off yes i remember and you you charged for me <laughs> like i could see like the the smoke coming out of your nostrils and my eyes are opening up going i'm a dead man and he just stepped in right between us and said hey craig you're done for 10 games and i'm like yeah. oh my god bill you just saved my life i, <laughs> I remember that you know who we can blame for that who's that keith jones keith jones because he, when, I don't know, you hit somebody. I think you hit Peter Bondra, I believe, maybe. I can't remember, Nicky. But anyways, Jonesy was up, <laughs> and um, you hit him. <laughs> uh, show, John, Jim Schottenfeld was a coach. He was yelling. He was all mad and pissed off. And Jonesy was standing up ready to go over the boards. He goes, Chief, you go. <laughs> so I jumped over, and it cost me 10 games. <laughs> I hope he paid your fine. The money you lost. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. That was pretty funny, but all right. So listen, you're you're ready to go back to work. Uh no no problems coaching in Canada, right? And maybe in Ontario. No, I think I guess no, not at all. I mean, um, you know, anytime you, you can get to the, you know, a Canadian market, uh, I think it's pretty special. obviously to be part of a, a Canadian market team and coach there. You know, I'm just I want to make sure it's the right fit. And, um, you know, you got to have a good, I think you got to have a good uh, sense of your uh, general manager and just the direction of the team and where they're at, you know, and make sure it's a good fit. And Because um, otherwise, you know, you don't want to go into a bad situation, I don't believe, or someone you're not going to be working closely with, you know, day in, day out. Yeah, I could see you coaching at, player like Brady Kachuk. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. wishing for it. Here. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Well, he, yeah, I think every coach would like to have a Brady Kachuk. 
Well, listen, uh, we really appreciate your time. I don't think you're going to be out of work long, and uh, we can't wait to see you back behind the bench again soon. Thanks for doing this. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate All it. Right. Thanks for your time. Craig we appreciate Ruby. it. How many, how many penalty minutes in his career? Th- like, did he hit? In his career? 20... 20- 3,149. <laughs> I put it on the lineup, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, he just had some unbelievable seasons penalty minute-wise. Like, how is he on the ice enough? 305 with the 93-94 caps. Just, I guess that was like, probably the, the year. The one year he had 200 in the dub, he also scored 25 goals. Feared him. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, just a big, strong guy that just, just could just hurt you. Yeah, he looks like he'd still do that. Can I, can, I, can I tell you, just watching him talk, listening to him talk, I'm like, yeah, damn. I want that guy as a coach of my team. Yes, absolutely. Right. You know what it is? It's that, like, uncompromising honesty. Yes. Because of just the confidence in yourself. And- saying, like, in all his years in San Louis, I just didn't need to say anything. They knew what needed to be done. Well, yeah. And you know what? He has, you know, you think, okay, he coached the Blues for quite a while been a coach in the nhl for 20 years you know like he has a a ton of experience of this guy so he would have seen guys would know what he would want he's he's good at uh good at getting a lot out of yeah. his players and he is cut from the rick Tockett cloth yes no i mean it makes right? sense where you've uh, got old and new to draw off of i think he's desirable enough as an nhl coach that it would make some team push a decision up that maybe they weren't sure they were going to make Mm-hmm. Yes, like maybe someone. I'm not saying Ottawa. Uh, someone who has a, a coach right now uh, says, "If we can get him, do we maybe like, want to make this decision it, now?" Totally, one hundred percent. JB is that don't don't wait this summer to have three teams bidding on him. Mm-hmm. Go get him now. Feels like he probably won't make it to the summer. If I was going to guess, I would agree with that. I don't know where it goes. I'm not an insider like you, Nikki, but I'm not sure. No, I'm on. Outsider. Oh. Elliot's In, insider. Insider days are, are older. Now we're just vague innuendo. <laughs> and I say we, I'm not at all. <laughs> no, we're like uh, Pat McVie uh, explaining uh, Aaron Rodgers. We're just talking. We're just shooting it. We're just shooting it. Nothing means anything. Nothing. <laughs> uh, would you like some game time? Yes. Okay. As it's you uh, cringe over <laughs> there. <laughs> it's game time, baby. Change the topic. Uh, it's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please pay res- play responsibly. Now I looked. It's been a while since I checked in on the Stanley Cup favorites. There are seven teams tied for the favorite. Of the Stanley Cup at 10 to 1. Okay. Can you guess the seven teams? 10 to 1. I think yes. Edmonton, seven teams. Is, is, is Edmonton put themselves back there. Edmonton is one of the seven teams. Yeah. Toronto's probably in there because nope. they're Toronto. They're not. Nope. They're 14 to 1. Okay. So Vegas, Colorado. Nope. Rangers. Uh, Carolina. Carolina's there. Dallas. Uh, Dallas is there. Florida. Nope. No. Florida. Did you say Boston yet? Uh, so the, I'll just give them to you. Yeah, this is do. terrible radio. <laughs> just listing teams. Uh, the Rangers, the Bruins, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Carolina Hurricanes are all 10 to 1. And then next is Vegas at 11 to 1 and Panthers. Good for the Jets Carolina getting in there. Carolina and the Jets. What's uh, Carolina up to? Yeah, they've been hot. Yeah, they've Four uh, straight. Yeah, just pasted the Rangers the other night. Yeah. Yeah, that did not uh, look if good. They get goaltending, they're pretty legit. And then they just, yeah. So there you go. I'm just looking down. Uh, the Leafs, like I said, are 14 to 1. Um, and then it kind of 
you know, the Canucks are ahead of the Leafs, 12 to 1. So it's crazy. It's a lot a, of Canadian a, content, which is nice to see. Um, the other one I had for tonight, uh, Connor Bedard going to MSG tonight, which I think is very cool. I think it's always neat when big players play in New York. Dude, that's first trip. Rules. First trip there. Uh, like him to score. I think anytime goal plus 200, fifth player for the dramatic. And if you wanted to, you know, bump up the number a little bit, Rangers are likely going to beat the crap of the Blackhawks, who are not very good. Mm-hmm. But if you say uh, Bedard scoring a goal with the Rangers minus a goal and a half, pays plus 475. What's so. his pace now? Is he still 40? Good question. 40. Goals? Has he got that many goals? Uh, no, pace. Pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For points, though, or goals? No, goals. Uh, goals. I will tell you right now. His... He's got 15 in 37 games. So, math, athlete Borney, what is that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I need a calculator. But, yeah, like, I don't know, 40 plus. Yeah, I so. so I mean, he's no got, more. He's got, in thirty-seven. It's still very impressive for a guy that's sorry. Fifteen in how many? In fifteen in thirty-seven games. All right, but he's playing on a really bad team, and the fact that he has thirty-three points in thirty-seven yes. games is pretty remarkable. I know, but like we saw it from game he's dashed, one. Dash twenty, by the way, which is probably uh, bottom twenty guys out of seven hundred. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, right. I can't but math it right now. I'm too distracted. He's playing. He's playing 22 minutes a night, is he not? 21 and a half? Well, yeah. Like, not... if you've got a guy with that skill playing 21, he's going to get his looks. One of my favorite moments of the whole season was, I think, after his debut when we came in here and we are all excited. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing too much. <laughs> Game two. <laughs> it's just... In fairness, the point held. Yeah. The point did hold. So, he's still playing uh, that much. There are, I'm looking at the minus leaders, the 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 Masters leaderboard, as I think it was Mike yeah. Commodore's uh, thing. Minus 27 is the leader, Philip Zadina. Three sharks in a row at uh, lead. And then Connor Bedard is number eight. Yes. Minus 20. Yeah. He's, he's going to have to find the ice he's a lot get that number for down. a bad team. That's just how it happens. The whole list, the, to- the top 10 uh, is Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago. Yeah, I think there idea. should be something, an award. A shame. A shame, yeah, the green jacket. You, you have to do the walk of shame from Game of Thrones, the Cersei, <laughs> just a naked walk, and everyone just rings the bell. A uh, couple other ones quickly. Uh, Vegas in Panthers tonight in Vegas. That was a really greasy game last time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of scraps, and by the end of the game, Love Carlson. I forget who they were. I don't forget what happened, but there was a big fight. I think Nick Cousins or. Somebody did something stupid. So there Let's was a fight. Nick Cousins. Yeah. Uh, Vegas is an underdog, plus 100. Always like them as an underdog. And Colorado is also an underdog tonight, plus money in Dallas. So a couple other ones. Uh, let me just say in this list of uh, dashes that you have me yes. looking at, in the worst bottom 20, Steven Stamkos, minus 16 this year. Really? Okay, yeah. but that means also, like, who who else is with him? Because he's not alone there. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev is minus 15. I'm yeah. just looking for TBL. Darren Radish, minus 14. Nick Paul's minus 13. Wow. wow. Those are, that's significant. You, you can't win. You can't win when you're shoveling the puck out of your net a lot more than you're putting it in. Tanner Janot minus 11, yeah. Tanner Janot, yeah, that was a crazy trade. Anyways, uh, that was Game Time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds. Find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. All right, nice job, Sammy. Thanks, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll go through our news and notes on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. A lot of talk last night about Jennifer Botterill, Jamal Myers, and Sammy Cosentino.
going at it over uh, the Hartment situation. I feel like we dodged a bullet here because we had the conversation two days prior. (laughs) Where we were all like, (laughs) do it more, more (laughs) content. Yes. Uh, Shame on you guys. Sweep that under the rug. All right, we'll get get our thoughts in on that. Plus, Zucker suspended three games, which is a very big number in my eyes. Dvorak out for the year. The Montreal Canadiens, so plenty more still on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Do not go away. All right, we're back. The Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. All right, the story that won't kind of go away and kind of got gasoline poured all over it. And then... <laughs> the match dropped last night yeah. on our Wednesday night hockey panel. Jennifer Botterill, Sam Cosentino, and Jammer, Jamal Mares, mm-hmm. uh, spoke of the Ryan uh, Hartman situation where basically he was looking for revenge off of a Dylan cross check on Kirill the Thrill mm-hmm. against Minnesota. And then Cole Perfetti became the innocent bystander, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that Ryan went after. Yeah. So that caused a little bit of an in- interesting uh, conversation last night. And let me just preface by saying that you know, as far as Jennifer Botterill is concerned and Sammy Cause and mm-hmm. Jamal, we love them all. We mm-hmm. respect them all. This is not us having a conversation to extend their conversation on perhaps what ended up happening happening in social media, it was everybody like picking sides, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, as, as I was driving in, I was listening to a, a all talk NHL show. and Much like ours. Yeah, much like ours. And I think one of the announcers, and I can't remember who it was, but basically said, oh, the, uh, the Harvard grad really, and I'm paraphrasing, but the Harvard grad really gave it to the, the two guys. Mm-hmm. And, that that one kind of bothered me a little bit because I don't think for one second that, first of all, I think it's an unfair comment because both of them can come from different sides mm-hmm. and have certain opinions on it. And it's not necessarily who's smarter or who's dumber in this thing. At least that's the way I saw it last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, sorry. You have... No, I mean, just to me... They're just two completely different types of hockey players, Jamal Mayers and Jennifer Botterill, mm-hmm. right? Like, Jamal Mayers was a grinder. But I think he played close to 1,000 games, maybe even made 1,000 games in the NHL. And he was a tough guy, bottom half the lineup kind of guy, heart and soul type of guy. And Jennifer Botterill was, like, a prolific sniper throughout her whole career. It just – it almost was like he was Hartman and she was Perfetti. Right. Like, it, to me <laughs> – that's perfect for a debate yeah. where you have the two sides of the conversation, Absolutely. which are like going at it perfectly. But, to me, that's what yeah. I, I thought it was great. I don't know. I, I love it. I just think Sportsnet should love it because to me, that is, you know, you're representing the two sides when you encounter people. What do you think? What do you think? Two, two sides well represented and I thought well discussed. You know, you kind of have a, a sort of a well-rounded look at the angles of it. Now, I've shared my opinion on the play on this show two separate times. <laughs> So you guys know, in general, kind of okay with what happened, but... I, in fact, kind of <laughs> liked it all. <laughs> yeah. But I, I get what Jen is talking See, about and how it's tough to encourage. 
over my experiences of doing broadcasting for over 20 years, I think, and I've been in a few of these conversations. No way. A few. Really? And the only thing <laughs> I could say is that when, when you're talking that type of scope and, you know, Carolyn Cameron, who does another terrific job, but when, when you come out of the, the topic and you kind of throw a jump ball up in the air, and I think she kind of said, what do you make of it? There's a million places you can go with that story. And I think when you talked about where Jennifer was coming from, mm-hmm. like, all those things that she said are absolutely legit, right? That there's, there's no place for it in the game. Uh, it's dirty. It's, it's reckless. I think she talked about what would you think if that was your kid out there? Uh, and it's all legit. And then you have Jamal, who's been in that situation before. And, Might have done that. And, you know, if... <laughs> Almost certainly. Yes. Done. <laughs> but he's just strictly coming from, like, this is why it happened, yeah. or this is where it could end up. Mm-hmm. And he's giving it from the perspective. And I think they just went at it at two different... I see. Not meeting on the same... Not meeting at not the same... Not having the same conversation. Like, if... if if Carolyn would be in the game, if Carolyn would have started the question with, "Hey, can we sell the game with this?" Mm-hmm. Then you have a kind of an even kind of place where you're you're mm-hmm. both attacking at the same area. But when you leave it up as a jump ball, uh, Jennifer went one place, Jamal went the other place, and then you got everybody now trying to pick sides on who's right or who's wrong, and it's like neither of them. Are wrong. No, it's great. It's a great conversation. I, I actually really the point that stood out most to me was Jammer saying that I think playoffs regress five years playing style wise. Like, you know, how the game looked in terms of rough, tough, yeah. whatever, that is sort of a postseason element. And, you know, I think he is looking at yeah. it from a strictly hockey angle, to your point. Yes. Like, you know, here's how your team yeah. has the best chance of winning more games at the end of the year versus yeah, the sort of zoomed out is this good for the game? Do we want this to be a part of the game? Yeah. And the other comment I got out of last night from Jennifer is it's archaic. And it's like, yeah, we know. We know That's it's kinda, archaic. That's kind of why I like It's it. been archaic for <laughs> 80 years. Yeah. Now, if you want to have a conversation on how do you change it, then I don't think, I, I think Jamal can have that conversation. We can all have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her suggestion of stiffer penalties and making more people like, like yeah, it, it's been a 80-year-old conversation, that one is. They don't want it, guys. The league doesn't the want league it. The league doesn't want it. They want it archaic. Mm-hmm. The owners, the general managers, the players, they have the keys to this thing. Mm-hmm. They can make any rule changes they want and they choose not to. Including I, my movement before face-offs. If they want to, they should, right? they should put that in. <laughs> so I think and, and Jamal wanted yeah. to have a different conversation than yeah. that one. And it's like, this is why it happened. And this is what players deal with. And this is yeah. why he thinks What's, it could pay off in the playoffs. And he's not wrong on all on any of it. No. No, I thought it was a really, you know, without getting personal, a well-argued point. Um, you know, it's... 
It's funny, I think, because we often hear of what happened as a threat, right? Like when you played, it's like you settle down or that guy's going to feel it. And, you know, pointing it at their best player, you that's enough out of you or it's on him. You know, we hear about the threat to see it happen, then executed on a guy who isn't even their best player is just kind of a smaller guy. It felt a little like. It you know it, it feels over the top in that moment whatever so it and it's real it, it got all too real I think for people about what's going on out there that was what was exposed which brings me to another conversation because again this is what stemmed out of last night's conversation on 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 the intermission was and and Jamal made this point is that yes Jennifer you, you can make that argument that it was deliberate because he was miked we've got the evidence mm-hmm. right. But not everyone's mic'd, and that same play without a mic looks like any other play. Yeah. So how not do you now? Players, but- how do you now crawl into what's going on between someone's ears to say that was deliberate? Oh, and that was just an accident. It's too. I, I guess hard. when you have it mic'd up, you just say we know that's deliberate, <laughs> so yes. we're going to find yeah. it. But I, yeah. you know, so the players wouldn't wear mics then if that were the idea. And, Again, us as Sportsnet, we would like them to wear mics as often as possible. And, 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 By the way, can I tell you something? Though? Last night? Oh my oh. God. Can I tell you something? Uh, if I'm the Players Association, <laughs> mic, mics. mics are off. Yeah, mics are off but, because here we are. We're, we're miking them because we think it's selling the game, and then there's the argument that Jen had, which was valid, with everybody else on social media saying that ain't selling the game, and it's like, hey, guess what? Don't pull the curtains back then. But if you're not, if you're the PA or whoever, listen, we're talking about it. We're talking about this yes. play. It's a, it creates yeah. an interesting moment. It doesn't have to we're, be. We're having a conversation about a conversation right yes. now. Because of the, yes. you know, because of being mic'd up. So, you know, you're trying to grow but, HRR. But, you want people interested. This is interesting. No, it's interesting, but it, does it sell the game? Jen says no, it doesn't. It and and there's a lot of people that agree with her. I think if it keeps it doesn't your attention, sell the game. I mean, do you think it doesn't sell the game? I, to, to me, the underlying tensions that we're aware of and that we're able to confirm with that, that, that has some I value. don't know. I, I, I've been around this game since I was like... Yeah. Nothing. Not, uh, like, this big. Yeah, this big. But at the pro level now, I'm yeah. 30, 40 years in this game. I, I think they're scared to take it out mm-hmm. because it will make people more disinterested. I think they're scared. I agree with that. Well, I think, and I don't know that they would be wrong. I think a lot of, and we've had this conversation a lot, they kind of see where this is going, right? Like the league sees where this is going in terms of players that are coming up and the way of the, the big hits that are going away. And I think they would probably want to keep that part of hockey. Yeah. Because you've said it, I think you said the other day about you talked to American, like people love this the animosity, kind of stuff. The physicality, frankly, the fighting. Yes. And I think it's kind of going away. Just and I think the, the threat of the fighting. Yes. Yes. The general threat of chaos is what makes hockey hockey. You want emotional sk- investment from the athletes. Like, sure, skill is amazing. And the skill that's on display in the NHL on an every single night is unlike anything we've ever seen. It's yeah, truly it's at an absurd bonkers. level. But you want to pair that with the, like I said, the general threat. Yeah of a banana sandwich breaking out, that's what makes hockey truly unbelievable. Like the ballet in the back alley. Bingo. You know? Bingo. <laughs> Give me the best of both worlds. Speaking on that front, uh, ratings came out for the outdoor game. 
Seattle, Vancouver, or Seattle and uh, uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. The, the worst uh, since uh, outdoor games. Now, that, is that two newish markets that doesn't hold interest on the East Coast where there's I, large I, cities? I got to think so. Yeah, yeah I got to think so. But then we, uh, excuse we, we got the Stanley Cup. Blackhawks, please. We, we got the, <laughs> the line one. We, we got the Stanley Cup champions there. And like we all love Mark Stone, but can they sell Mark Stone? Yeah, is, they're not the most superstar-laden right? team. So we we you, to your point, Connor Bedard. They they're going after Connor Bedard next year. No question More about Black it. Blackhawks are there. The jokes don't matter to the league. It's time, but Blackhawks, <laughs> Penguins next year. It could be. It no, could honestly, be exactly that. I would bet a lot of money that it's either Blackhawks, Rangers, Blackhawks, Penguins, Flyers. It's interesting. Just yeah. go to the just go It'll to the circle. Flyers, yeah. Yeah, it might be. Well, it's not? just because they're not relevant. They don't have any superstars. No, you're right. Do Connor versus Connor in an outdoor game? Canadian team. They won't do it. I yeah. know what you mean. You it, know, it's... What would you do for next year's? I, I, New York, Boston's. Yeah, Rangers are they, pretty darn They're good. the ones that sell. Leafs don't sell? Again, the Devils get involved uh, for with uh, well, like Jack Hughes and Luke Black, Hughes and Blackhawks. One, one, one of the highest ratings was uh, the big house with yeah. the Leafs in Detroit. Mm-hmm. To me, if you put the Leafs versus the Blackhawks at uh, Wrigley Field, it's a huge number. You got Austin Matthews, biggest American star in the game, versus Connor Bedard on the most one of the more story franchises. Yeah. It sells. I don't know. I like it. All right. Speaking of violence, <laughs> Zucker three games uh, for. Retribution on Nick Cousins. Mm. Three, I thought was a ton. I thought it was going to be one. I thought it was going to be a good Branson one. Yeah. Should have been one. Three is absurd. Especially after what happened. It it is the most obviously premeditated of like suspended hits in a long time. He's traveling distance and he's like, ah, he's not looking. He's still going to wear this one. Tough to even make the case you didn't mean to, you know? And he hits his head. Yeah, maybe it was okay to have given three. Boy, but oh I think boy. I think it's just we're seeing it through the lens of the crap that Cousins been doing all year, yeah. right? And so everyone's like, it makes it work. It doesn't make it less bad that he did that because Cousins right. has been rude. And you can, you kind of have to separate the two, right? For sure, it can't be like yeah, but he deserved it. Yeah. It's not a case you get to make. So a bit hefty. All right, what else do we have? Uh, Dvorak out for the year. Bad trade by the Habs. What was the well, went the other way for Dvorak? First round pick, second round oh, pick. Oh, I think his career high is ten goals on the on the Habs. Yeah, no, you'd be right. It's a couple. He had Ber- a good Ber- start to his career. Bergevin did a couple. I think he's he just did a bit of a number on that squad. I think he just he's that guy that he need really. I don't know. Like, could you envision him having great success with? Austin Matthews or yeah, could you Mitch play Marner. him on a good team and put him in a spot to succeed? Well, yeah. he, the last time he played with Mitch Marner, he won the Memorial Cup. So played with, he played with one well, like Domi too. Yeah. Is that uh, could you do the whole line? Yeah, no thanks. Well, he's out for the year, so probably not. But yeah, yeah. good point. You cannot do that. Yeah, no. he's yes. out for the year. Good point. But yeah, I just cap it a four point four five million dollars. Think back to some of the stuff Bergevin did there. You know. He didn't leave him in a great no, spot. No, like, eh? you know, the, taking who do you take, Cuck and Yemi over Brady Kachuk? Yeah, I think so. I, I wonder how patient they'll stay in Montreal. In Montreal. 
Well, I mean, they, they don't have. No, they know it's gonna it's gonna be another rough ride this year. Yeah, but they don't suck right now. Like I mean, they've no. been, they've been having a tougher uh, tougher go recently. Like I think Marty St. Louis deserves a ton of credit. Yeah, they are sick. Their they're, record. they're like at five hundred. Yeah, they they're yeah. not like a total no. disaster. No, but you want the Montreal Canadiens to be good. It's better for the league. Big yeah. difference though in Ottawa. They are they're oh, pissed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and expectations are high. Just and now they're just really ripping on the goaltending there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, can they make a move there though? Like it just the Corpusalo's contract is what it is. They made the know. move. Yeah, like it's way too early to for for a Corpusalo. Jack Campbell, Samsonov decision. Oh yeah. man, right? You're not going down that path, but no. like, how long do they wait? Each year point, they need to probably make moves in the next couple of weeks to keep people interested and start winning some hockey games. When's the um, next goalie that gets above five million dollars? When's that? Like, when does that happen? Martin Jones. Are you uh, working tonight? Oh I am. I just do a pre-show tonight. Oh, and you got uh, All Stars. Uh, we will announce the All Star teams. Tonight. I have a guess. Austin Matthews will be the Toronto Maple Leafs All Star. He has scored a lot of goals this year. That would be my guess. Thirteen games on tap including Winnipeg and San Jose, Ottawa and Seattle, Calgary versus Nashville, Vancouver at St. Louis, and your Montreal Canadiens against the Buffalo Sabres. Pick a game. Give me Pittsburgh-Boston tonight. Enjoy it. Sounds good. And we're back tomorrow on Off the Rails Friday. We're going to find Doug McLean somewhere? I'll try to dig him up. Maybe the Oilers coach will see. Enjoy the games, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. Real Kipper and Bourne.